0: Hello, sports fans. This this is Sellout Sports Podcast. I am Tori Rich, joined by Mike Mawson and my little brother Jacob Rich, the catcher, outfielder, designated hitter for the Bridgeport Knights Division Two, Division Two NCAA baseball, and uh, the survivor of being my little brother. So I just want to tell everyone a story about Jake. Jake, you must have been like nine or ten years old when I like pretty much almost knocked you into a coma playing football, right? I, I, I swear, like, I knew he was a tough little shit, you know, so I could rough him up a little bit. Sure. And I well, – no, I'm just saying, you know. No, like, no, I hear you. <laughs> you're judging me right now. I can tell. And uh, – but, yeah, it, like, so it was me, him, and my dad playing football in the yard, and I just – but I just fucking – I hit-sticked him. I really did. Like, I, I mean, and I just – I don't think I realized how fat I was at the time, so how much the, the force of the hit was going to, you know, lay him. I, maybe he doesn't remember. Like, Jake, were you concussed? Do you remember this?
1: <laughs> I remember this vividly. I was <laughs> 11 years old. Oh, 11, okay. I was, like, snapping the ball to one of our dad's friend's kids, and then I was supposed to be wide receiver, too, and I guess Tory thought I wasn't running hard enough and coming <laughs> off the line, he he hit me as hard as he could and I wasn't where I was supposed to be for my route. Uh, but yeah, that, that showed me, I guess he taught me how to not be afraid of getting hit by,
0: which is a valuable, I don't know. Listen, I am a, I'm a good old, I'm a good brother because that is a valuable lesson. Okay. Like, listen, I, like I'm a nobody. I suck. Okay. Like, I, like I'm not good at anything. Okay. But like, that like learning that to not be afraid to get hit is one of the most valuable lessons that any athlete can learn and i don't even care if you play a contact sport just not being afraid of contact i'm telling you like i mean fighting wrestling football you know even basketball like just not being afraid of contact as soon as you find out that you're not actually going to break it's like the most liberating thing ever so you know what you're welcome jake
1: Yeah, you're definitely why I picked up so many charging fouls in basketball. That is for sure. <laughs>
0: Mawson is judging the shit out of me right
2: now. No, no. I, I've, I, like, I'm, I'm. Listen, man, I'm the youngest brother, too. Like, we played football, too. I get it. I get it. Jake, I've been in your shoes before.
0: Yeah. Well, well, not, I mean, how much older are your brothers? Cause I was 15 years. Yeah. Not, it's not
2: quite 15. It's, it's more like four and three. I was, <laughs> I was grown man. Like, yeah. You know, okay. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. So when I'm, he
1: came home from the Marines, he made me do ups <laughs> before ice cream. So, <laughs>
0: well, okay. That's a, that's a good life lesson for an 11 year old too. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Okay. So um, let's move on to another reason that I'm apparently a giant dick and uh, guys, I got to say, I'm just, I'm over the Taylor Swift stuff. And I'm not, I'm not mad at Taylor Swift. I'm not mad at Travis Kelsey. I'm just mad at the people that keep putting it. Like, can I just watch a fucking football game? So you're mad at the
2: NBC executives is what you're saying?
0: Yes. And, and whatever network that, you know, wherever the Chiefs play next week. And. Like guys, listen. It, it was it was fun for a little while. It was like you know, you and I brought it up. I think one of our first podcasts were like, "Oh man, Travis Kelsey, he, he got shot down. Ha ha! Like he'll be yeah, okay, whatever." Yeah. Right? And we laughed about it. And then, and then I thought the whole like the Kelsey brothers. You know, I, I thought it was cool that it was bringing some attention to Jason Kelsey and everything. Like you know what I mean? Like you know, it, like as a lineman, most linemen kind of wear it as a badge of pride that you're not really, you're not really. In the you're invisible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you do your job, you are invisible, right? Unless, right. you know, every once in a while, a great run play or something, which Kelsey Kelsey does. He has some highlight reel blocks, if you know what you're watching. But anyway, like, I'm sorry, man. It's just gone too far. Like, I don't need to pan to Taylor Swift 32 times in a game when you should be showing me a replay of what just happened. I do not give a fuck what Taylor Swift thinks like and here's the thing that bothers me about it right and i think i've i might have said this before and i'm going to repeat it i understand i'm kind of being like like a snob about football right you know like there's like there's movie snobs and and poetry snobs and wine snobs and whatever right and i'm being a football snob right and i don't want to be that i don't want to be like that be like be like no like if you're not part of the football group you can't you don't get to talk about football i don't want to be like that i want to teach you okay but I, like as soon as taylor swift like says something in the media about travis getting hit too hard or something like that like oh maybe they should change the rules and then people actually take it seriously i'm fucking done like no like if that I'm, if, I,
2: if that happens that will be bad i agree with you i'm
0: uh, look i'm getting mad at her for something that hasn't happened i'm just saying are you mad at you, this
2: are you mad at the swifty accounts that are like this is ha- this is what football is you have to go ten yards in four plays. <laughs> the numbers designate the yardage. Like, have you seen those tweets? Listen, those are pretty No, funny. like
0: yeah, yeah. I've seen those I've seen those tweets and those memes and everything like that. And it's fine. Teach I I, I want to be like John Madden and I'm not. You know what I mean? I wanna like be an ambassador for the game and teach people and everything like that. And like I think I would have the patience for it, except the game's just getting too freaking soft now. And I can't deal with a bunch of casual. F- I-, I wish I was like a curling fan. You know what I mean? Because no one's going to fuck up my sport if I'm a curling fan. There's, it's, it's, it's not mainstream enough. You know what I mean? It's like every time a sport goes mainstream. That's, this is why I still like hockey because hockey's not. I mean, even hockey's gone a little softer than it used to be. Right. But like every sport that goes mainstream, they fuck it up with their soft rules. And I, I, you, get what, you hear what I'm saying here? You know what I mean? And so like, this is what I'm talking about. Do, please don't pull in more casual fans that don't know a goddamn thing about football. Listen, if you are somebody that doesn't know anything about football and for some reason Taylor Swift makes you interested in football and now you wanna watch, cool. Don't come in here and try to change it. Learn, learn my world, okay? Cause I'm not gonna go to a Taylor Swift concert and say that she, oh, she, she should write a song about you know, growing up as a teenage boy. No, she shouldn't. She should write whatever the fuck she wants. And and I should get to just watch my fucking football game and not. So again, I'm not mad at Taylor Swift. I just, Chill out, Tori.
2: All right. You so, need to calm down.
0: It, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? No, fuck you for that too. Because I'm t- I'm so tired of the puns from everybody with the like the Taylor Swift lyrics. Like again, it was cute for a little while. All right. Like it's over. Let it go. Oh, like okay. No, that's not a Taylor Swift song. Thank God. <laughs>
1: Shake it off, Dory.
0: Ha! Right? Yeah. You feel better? Not really. Jake, thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think even before this whole Kelsey-Swift thing, people were kind of sick and tired of hearing about Taylor Swift. And I think, I mean, I know you're very upset about it, clearly, but imagine being a Jets fan (laughs) after last night, where (laughs) every three seconds is panning to Taylor Swift. And then the refs, you know, I don't have a pun in mind, but. But right, but and as oh so well, the combo of the two is not good if you're a Jets fan.
0: Right, no, that you're right. If I were a Jets fan, I would be fuming, even even worse right now. But just to like that, I had to deal with Taylor Swift while I watched. Yeah, that is the a, that's a good
2: point. That is that's a tough combination for sure.
0: And but here's the thing: like if Taylor Swift were dating Jason Kelsey instead, I still wouldn't I wouldn't give a shit, and I wouldn't want that. Uh, like like it's cool i get it football's entertainment sports are entertainment i get it okay so hey look who's at the game right ryan reynolds is here yeah like a few
2: times a few times is fine sure
0: but i do not care about her reaction to like
2: because if you think about it like you you watch a colorado game it's like oh paul pierce is at the game and kevin garnett's at the game and you know name that nfl celebrity or whoever
0: like i'm not going to be a total curmudgeon about it like yeah there's downtime every once in a while maybe that you know like you know before the game halftime but this is not a red carpet event all right like and if you want to talk about it on sports center even i don't care but during the game can i just watch a football game please
1: all right anyway i don't like how the nfl was pandering to it either because um i don't know if you saw but they had Chiefs are two and oh at swifties and I don't know. It's like after all the controversy of last night, how could you dare put that in your Instagram bio? Everyone's gonna see that, and it just adds you to the fire that that game was rigged.
2: And congratulations, you beat the Chicago Bears and the New York, New York Jets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good thing Tim's not
0: on because he would definitely take exception. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that's a good point too. Um, and you barely beat the Jets. You shouldn't have beat the Jets. And uh, you know to that point the way that game ended for a couple of eagles fans jake that that sure felt familiar didn't it with that holding call on sauce
1: it felt like deja vu deja vu to the max yeah um even except for the fact that sauce um he didn't own up to it um and i know we were talking earlier about how um I mean, I know I know your viewpoint on it is that it definitely wasn't a holding, but when you hear how Patrick Mahomes talked about it, um, he called into a radio today, and he broke down his view and how he saw it was holding, and then Sauce Gardner tried to defend himself on Twitter after, and I don't know. I think it was just a terrible move by Sauce Gardner. And
0: yeah, I'm sorry. Go into that a little bit more, Patrick. So Patrick Mahomes talked about it, and what, what did he say?
1: So I, I know um, we kind of talked how you like – Sauce Gardner's tweets about it and um, how he kind of stood up for himself. And uh, Patrick Mahomes was on a radio show, I believe, this morning. He made some comments about the play from his viewpoint. um, And he said pretty directly he saw Sauce Gardner holding him, and that's why he threw the ball that way. He just put it up because he knew a holding call was coming. Um, And if you look at the viewpoint, there's a picture of Sauce grabbing him, and uh, Patrick Mahomes says he grabs him around the neck. So Sauce Gardner went to Twitter to explain that out, and I don't know. It wasn't very good. Um, his explanation was pretty much like he leaned his weight on me, so I did this and that, and it's I don't know. He, I just felt like he didn't have to do that. It kind of just seemed like making excuses.
0: Well, no, nah, I mean, you're right. I mean, what's the quote-unquote right thing to do? It's how Bradbury handled it after the Super Bowl. He just owned it, made it go away. Juju Smith shoots is, is a piece of shit and, you know, didn't didn't let it go away, right? But um but yeah, you know, Bradbury did the quote unquote right thing. That being said, I mean, if you're gonna complain about it, be funny about it. And I thought, you know, I thought Sauce's tweet about like, you know, maybe if I'd been a Swifty, I would have gotten the call. Like I don't know, going after the NFL, you know, especially if I think you're right <laughs> and you and you're funny about it, I'll give you points for that. So um, I don't know, Jake, I see your, I see your point on it too. You do, you do, maybe he should just own it, but I don't know, man, somebody's got to speak up at some point. I mean, like I look at it, the, again, I, I don't think it's any secret that I think the rules are skewed a little bit too far in the receiver's favor and the offense's favor. Right. So first of all, can we, can we do away with illegal contact and holding being automatic first downs? like like that's a that's a third and what was was that a third and 20 play third and third and 13 something like that
2: yeah I think third and 12 I think it was
0: yeah because the one that Mahomes converted with the run was was like like a third and 22 22. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um and and I can't take anything away from Mahomes I mean like he he's not that fast he's fast but he's you know for you know a quarterback such an elite passer right um but he's not that fast he just has he's incredible he, yeah. you know and he has incredible vision is what i think it right is.
2: you know what i mean i think he, he's always looking downfield incredible
0: anticipation eyes always up like you're saying right so i don't know so like and you know i would almost buy that like that he knew that there was gonna end up being a holding call i mean these are professionals that you can anticipate things that are gonna happen he's gonna you know sauce has been playing him with this leverage the whole time so he's gonna cut this way and and okay. it does
2: force, you know, if, he, if that is true, it obviously forces the referee to make a decision right then and there. You know, it, he can not throw that if it's not going his way. It's a lot easier to, you know, hold that, hold that flag in, you know. And by the way, like I don't watch when the refs
0: throw a flag every single time. Yeah, but that, but that was too late. That's it really a bad was. look. Man. It was.
2: It was a bad look.
0: And, you know, speaking of bad look, this is – so, Jake, I know you agree with me on this one too – um, Jermaine Johnson on, on the scramble, the third and twenty-two scramble. I mean, this is what complaining for a call gets you, right? So, d- was it Donovan Smith is the is the left tackle for the Chiefs, and and he's just mugging him, right? But but his hands are inside, so I'm gonna actually gonna kind of stick up for the offensive lineman first of all. And if you're getting held as a defensive lineman, and you want to show the ref that you're getting held, yeah, because from the the umpire is the only one I believe that's gonna see that, because I think all. All the other officials' eyes are elsewhere. So it's the umpire that has to catch it, right? Right. And and, and Jake brought this up, but from, from the umpire's point of view, yeah, where would he see that? And that's the first thing I said, too. I was like, yeah, Jermaine Johnson's like putting his hand up. I mean, social media went nuts over this, over this hold. It's like, okay, yeah, from your perspective. Yeah,
2: bird's eye view.
0: Right. And honestly, for the most part, it wasn't that bad of a hold. Because, yeah, he's grabbing onto him, but his hands are inside. There's holding – like, we've heard this a million times. There's holding on every play, and that's – if you're a good lineman, you hold. <laughs> if you don't, you're not going to be very good, okay? So if you're getting held, then you you try to break away. He should have gone upfield and shown that his jersey's getting pulled on. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it was a horrible play. I think Johnson said something. I don't know if it was in reference to that play. He just said something about, I have to be better. So, fair enough. He owned up to it, which – um, which Zach Wilson did too. Because here's the other thing about it, right? They're not in that position if Zach Wilson doesn't fumble. Wilson, you know, best game of his career so far, right? But he fumbled a snap in the fourth quarter in a tie game, and that killed them. And they wouldn't be in that position, right? Now, not that I believe in that. Your defense should get the chance to to bail you out of a bad situation. I just, but you know, and honestly, I'm I'm still I'm still on a, I'm still on in Wilson's camp I think Wilson deserves you know at least another week and I don't even I don't think you want your quarterback going week to week you know
2: but I think you have to if, it, if you're the Jets and you're Zach yeah but Wilson. what are their options oh gosh I mean he looked okay but he had a good first half I'll give him that but the, ta- thought, the tape is out on on Zach Wilson I mean his career TD to interception ratio is one to one essentially I mean that's he's in what his third year now I mean
0: sure but is the arrow pointing up on him and it kind of seems like it is so it
2: seems like when he has confidence he can play well it's just can he keep that confidence one bad game seems to set him back half a year which is in in an NFL schedule you, you can't really uh that's not the guy you want I guess is what I'm trying to say
0: well Jake you alluded to this uh with me a few days ago you said like it looks like Wilson's had some growth right so just like personally, right? At least saying the right things. Maybe he just learned a lesson from Justin Fields, kinda Justin Fields wasn't taking accountability, right?
2: So is that That it, quote was taken out of context too, the Justin Fields quote. I don't I don't take it that way. I think I think Fields was
0: you know, maybe it was taken out of context, but you have to be smarter than that. And and I think that there was there there's no way some of that isn't seeping into his brain that like it's just if you're if you're the guy if you're the quarterback, then no you, you just have to take it all on your shoulders. And he was and he was kind of couching it and you know what I mean and doing this like. I I do was, get what
2: you're saying. I just don't think he's completely he throwing the coaching staff under the bus either. And that's what social media no 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 Chase
0: Claypool completely threw the coaching. And again I'm I think they're doing the right thing getting him the hell away from Justin Fields because they're horrible for each other. Um. Because I I think Fields was heading in that direction of not taking accountability. That's all I'm saying. Do I I know? Do I know for sure? No, but I'm saying based on the tone of the first interview before that practice, that was the impression I got. And then somebody after practice, you know, he he reads a text from his agent like, "Hey, you better, you know, you better walk this back a little bit." That's the. That's how I saw it. Now, again, we'll get to the Bears in a second. We can talk about that a little bit. Obviously, that's a big topic. Um, But just in terms of Wilson. You know, maybe he learned a lesson from handling the press conference the right way or something, or maybe there's been some growth there, and you know like again he seemed genuine genuinely distraught over you know he felt like he lost in the game, even though he kept them in the game you know he played he played a solid game um and I thought he did look more confident, and so I don't know, maybe it is week to week interestingly enough they're <laughs> they're going against uh the Broncos this week, which uh was a was a game we had circled on our calendars at the beginning of right, the season, right? Because of the comments, uh, yeah. That's because right. of Aaron Rodgers versus Peyton and all that stuff. It's uh, man, what a difference four weeks makes. But uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. But just a lot there with the Jets game, um, and Jesus, guys, I'm telling you, when the Chiefs start playing some of these teams with better pass rush, I mean the Chargers, for instance. I mean, I think I think Mahomes is gonna is gonna get is gonna take some hits. Uh, Jawan Taylor sucks. Like, there's no, there's no way around it. It's like, dude, that, that, dude maybe if you moved your goddamn feet, that face you, wouldn't mask.
2: Ha- you wouldn't have to cheat. Oh, the
0: face mask in the end zone. But dude, I don't know if
2: I've ever seen that.
0: I mean, right before I, maybe the play before, I can't remember when it was, but he got called for a holding where his feet were in freaking cement. And he just dragged the end to the ground right in front of the, in, right in front of the umpire. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, excuse me, in front of the referee, not the umpire. But, I mean, it's just like it's so frustrating for somebody that actually knows how to play offensive line to just watch somebody with natural ability and no work ethic. Because I'm sorry, Jawan Taylor sucks. They're like he he has all the tools probably to be a good offensive lineman. He's terrible, and I can't believe that he's starting <laughs> on an offensive line in front of Patrick Mahomes. Everyone else, like their interior line is good, and that's why. Good. And that's why Pacheco is is racking up the yards. Um, and Donovan Smith. Adequate gets too many holding penalties as well. Juwan Taylor sucks, and they need an upgrade at right tackle. If I I don't know, I think it's going to prove to be a problem. Like you know, against like a team like the Chargers that has two viable pass rushers, right? Khalil Mack and uh, and Bosa. You know, Um,
1: I actually really like kind of the point you're making, and I was going to kind of ask you guys this: like, do you think that game last night tells us more about the Jets and if they're kind of putting things together, or if the Chiefs are in trouble this year? as they're struggling, like, as we saw, they, they beat the Bears, but that's not really a victory you celebrate. That team is in shambles. They're the bad news Bears right now. And then last night against the Jets, they, Zach Wilson looked like a superstar, and it took him choking on a snap, a perfect snap to his chest, and the refs having some very debatable calls for them to win the game. It, I, I felt like this was more about the Chiefs being bad than the Jets being good.
0: You know, Jake, I said at the beginning of the year that I thought this was the Chargers year because I wasn't impressed by the Chiefs. the Chiefs. The Chiefs got through the playoffs last year by the skin of their teeth in every game, right? And, and, and they are the world champs. I'm not being bitter. They beat the Eagles. They deserve it. Like, they, the Eagles didn't deserve to win that game. But, you know, all that being said, like, they, they're not head and shoulders. Ab- Mahomes is head and shoulders ab- above the rest of the quarterbacks in the league. I he do is. believe that. But I don't think the Chiefs as a team are head and shoulders above the rest of the league. And so, Jake, to answer your question, I thought the Chargers are gonna get them. They suck. I mean, in that division, that's why the Chiefs the Chiefs are gonna get to the playoffs, probably have at least yeah, at least one home game, maybe two. And and then I mean all bets are off from there, right? I mean, Mahomes on the road in an AFC championship game. I mean, depending on who you're talking about and playing. I mean, so like, yeah, the Chiefs I could easily see the Chiefs just ending up back in the Super Bowl because it's Mahomes. As much as I hate him, and I do.
2: But. Yeah, I I think it's more about the Jets and their defense, really. Um, Zach Wilson, you know, loses them the game, like you like you know we we mentioned. But if you take a look at the defense, I mean, 16 points against the Bills, Week One. Uh, you know, they got blown out by the Cowboys. Uh, Patriots, you know, offense doesn't look great. They gave up 15, and then 23 against against the Chiefs. Uh, with that said, though, I have been on. I'm going to continue my take that. Uh, Matt Nagy is a big, big downgrade from Eric Bieniemy, and I do believe that's the case. And I think, uh, you know, the Chiefs had some drops again last night, a few first downs that, you know, easy first downs, and the ball just comes right out of Sky Moore's hand and a couple other drops too. It, it's not looking pretty right now.
0: Let's, uh, you know, let's not downplay, hey, Kelsey's older, right? I mean, he already had the injury. You know, like, like you know, has he, is he starting to lose a step? I mean, he is 34 years old they're they definitely have downgrades at both tackle positions you know and i i think you could be onto to something absolutely with the b enemy thing The i mean i mean the commanders look good on offense right they now do. and i was i was completely wrong about that you know i i believe shady mccoy that you know that b wasn't a good coach and i don't know it seems like it's it's panning out so far the the commanders you know I could easily see them being a playoff team, so. and I think
2: that that can be the difference. Play calling can be the difference if talent is is pretty equal. You know, like obviously oh, Mahomes course. is a huge difference maker, but there is talent. Like NFL players talk about it all the time about being able to call the right play at the right time.
0: Yeah, for sure. And. Who knows, man? I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it.
2: Mahomes, Mahomes got his money. Maybe he, like,
0: obviously he's.
2: And you're saying, like, you know, with that line, who knows if Mahomes even is going to be around week 17? I mean, week no, 18. I think
0: I said, you know, I hate to predict it, but I, I just said I could see him missing time because everybody gets hurt eventually, right? right? I could see him missing time this year. I could see that happening, especially with this line. Um, but anyway, so now I will move on to a more of a facilitator role because I don't know anything about basketball and <laughs> maybe a little bit but guys you know i got i got my Celtics fans here my Celtics panel so <laughs> guys drew holiday uh the Celtics you know at first glance it seemed like they gave up a lot and i think no matter what they did right they they did give up quite a bit and it, it really depends on what the the two first round picks end up being it's a 24 first rounder from the warriors who man if they fall off the cliff this year, do you know are either of the first round picks uh, protected. The
2: Warriors is top 4 protected. The Warriors pick came as part of the Chris Marcus Smart trade. Okay. We, we got that from I believe the Wizards or the Gri- I'm not sure if it was the Wizards or the Grizzlies. Um <laughs> that pick got around, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. He's... NBA picks 10 too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so that one kind of, you know, we had in our back pocket. Uh, but the 2029, I believe is the unpro- it's an unprotected first round pick uh which is Boston's pick. Um I'm not worried about that because it's a
0: billion years from now.
2: And uh, not only that, and Taylor, Tatum and, and Tatum and Brown, Brown will are probably be gone by then, yeah. So. Well, well they're young. If if they stick around, I mean that's only what more, that's only 5 6 more years down the road. Tatum's only going to be 31, you know, like that's that'll still be kind of like the prime of his career if it, he's still in the, if he's still in Boston.
0: So, you know, I guess the only problem I have with it looking at it is everyone knew the the Blazers weren't keeping Holiday. So Was there some sort of bidding war out there? Because they did go up quite a bit. Okay, so Brogdon, you know, Brogdon they knew wasn't gonna be back or they or they didn't he didn't want to be back. And you obviously don't want to keep him malcontent around, right? So they didn't want Brogdon back. Williams, you know, Robert Williams is I mean, he's a game changer when he's healthy, but that's a big you know, that's a big question of when he's healthy, right? Yeah,
2: it's it it is sad from a Celtics point of view, fan point of view, to see Rob Williams go. Uh, you know, he's grown up in Boston. He was late to his introductory press conference, got the nickname time Lord. And it's just, he's just so fun to watch. He's electric, right? Like lob Williams, just, you know, getting alley-oops and blocking shots and just playing basketball, like he's on a trampoline. You know, it's, it's pretty fun to watch that. So if, if he does stay in Portland, Portland will appreciate that. But, uh, yesterday, honestly, when, when the trade broke and I got the news, uh, I was like, that does seem like a lot. But then I kind of talked myself into it a little bit more. And if you take a big-picture big, big picture approach of the entire offseason, what did, what did the Celtics do? Okay, they extended Jalen Brown. Okay, horrendous playoffs, obviously. We're not going to excuse that. We're not going to hide from that. But you have to extend him, even if you don't want him. I think the Celtics do want him. Tatum loves him. I think that's probably sec- the second-best one two tandem in the league right now beyond Giannis and Lillard, um, and they're young. They're you know, so so we'll see. Um, so so they extend Brown? They get Kristaps right now. They add in Drew. Obviously, they get rid of Marcus. Grant Williams goes in a sign and trade. Uh, you know. So I guess
0: the the thing for me is like it looks like you know the Celtics upgraded, you know. Uh, so Drew Holiday and Kristaps Porzingis obviously big upgrades but they don't have any like they don't have any toughness inside right now and that that's not as big of a concern in the regular season but once you get to playoff basketball in the later rounds that obviously becomes a factor and so you're a little bit worried about that about somebody to
2: I think that can be found I'm not sure what the big I know there's no like high level names in terms of bigs and free agency right now, but you don't need a high-level name to kind of be a banger for nine minutes and and bruise bruise up Joel Embiid or no? I was I was just
0: going to ask you is there a is there a Nurkic type that you could go out there and get or even you know a, a poor man's Nurkic that you could go out there and get?
2: I mean, you look at what the
0: well, that's
1: essentially what they just did with Wenyen Gabriel. Um, He's been playing with the Lakers. Uh, Seven-foot presence inside the paint, can shoot the three, and he runs the floor really well. And fun fact, he played in New Hampshire public basketball for Trinity High School.
2: Yeah, uh, fun, and funner fact.
1: Playing a semifinal
2: game. Funner fact: he dunked on my basketball team. <laughs> I, I was uh, never thought that man would go to the league. Uh, he just kind of sp- like sprung up. He he played AAU after, but yeah, he he uh, he put a poster on when it caught it at basketball. We were in Trinity, and I was like. Ooh, that's not good. I was on the bench because I didn't play much, but <laughs> didn't dunk on me. But no, yeah, you're right. You're right, Jake. Uh Wenyon's uh he's like an energy guy, uh young guy, obviously, since you know he played basketball against me. Um but he he boxes out, he plays hard, uh he runs the lane, he can shoot the three, he can dribble a little bit. Um not the biggest, biggest guy. Uh not maybe your traditional center, but he, he does bring energy. So I I do like that signing. And Jake, so
0: I was talking about this with Moss and I was kind of picking on him saying Celtics fans tend to overvalue their guys. So that was why, and honestly, I did it too. My initial reaction was like, whoa, that's way too much for Holiday. And then in retrospect, it's like, eh, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like, I mean, Brogdon didn't, didn't really have a good postseason um, for the most part. Uh, Williams was very hot and cold uh, when, when he was good like man he changed games he really did uh, but I don't know what like uh, overall how do you feel about the trade Jake
1: yeah like Mawson said at first I I didn't feel right with it um especially since we lost that defensive identity and market smart but the more it sat with me um the more I liked it Robert Williams yeah like he like we said he's a pogo stick in the paint but um I think back to the last two times we played Miami in the playoffs, they pretty much take him out of the game offensively by running zone. And we looked terrible the past two years against the 2-3 zone. And a lot of that is he provides nothing from a almost from a post standpoint. He's not shooting post hooks or fadeaway jumpers or anything like that. And I think by getting rid of him, we actually help define our identity a little more. One of the problems with the Celtics team last postseason is we had so much depth that there's great players that are just sitting there on the bench doing nothing like Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard. Um, even the big, the big minute, uh, like the minutes between Al Horford, Robert Williams, um, Cornette, like having Porzingis and Horford, we already have two very good bigs. We don't really need the third. Um, Porzingis- and by getting rid of Brogdon as well, and by adding Holiday, we have that defensive guard with who can shoot just like Brogdon but we also cleared out some depth at the guard position.
0: Porzingis is a big, you know, by definition, but does he really play like a
2: big? He actually he he rebounds better than than Robert Williams and he has just as many blocks per game. Hmm. You don't think of him like inside. He's not like, you know, <laughs> banging in the post because he's stretching he's stretching it offensively, but he's just so long, he's 7-3. He doesn't need to necessarily just Sit at the rim to, to impact it defensively, if that makes so sense. Maybe, maybe. but it, his problem again is is staying healthy. So
1: yeah, well, fair enough. All right, right. I'm hoping he goes through a season injury free. It just it just hasn't happened yet.
2: Yeah, but I, I do like your point about Pritchard. I like opening up like, you know, obviously hurt hurt again as a Celtics fan, overvaluing our guys, hurt a lot, losing Marcus early in the summer. But when it when the smoke clears and you're like, okay, this does open up a lane for Pritchard that. You know, hopefully, I know he wanted a trade, uh, requested one. Hopefully, we can mend that fence and allow allow him to play. He's a little undersized, but he likes to mix it up defensively. And when he gets hot, man, like he can create his own shot with the best of them.
0: Are you? And uh, I mean, the Celtics got a little bit older. That's you know, like significantly older, actually. I mean, with you know, if if you're looking at it, Porzingis is better than Williams, Holiday is better than Smart, but both are what three, four years older than. You know than the previous Celtic, right? So,
2: but I I think what m- maybe might be a little undervalued at this moment in time is the fact that Drew Holiday is an NBA champion, and he's the only Celtic on the roster that has championship experience. That's a fair point.
1: And he's coming from the Bucks. I I mean I don't know how much the intel matters, but it can't mean nothing. That's true. And I'm sure the Bucks didn't plan to give us Drew Holiday. Um, to me i think Brad Stevens deserves a lot of credit for what he just did everyone pretty much just gave the bucks the write off for the east like it was lebron with the heat and cavs and re- not even a week later it's flipped back to the Celtics arguably have the most talented roster jake. Yeah, um for as far as a confidence standpoint i i think that definitely affects the bucks right.
2: would you jake would you rather start uh, Drew and Derek White, or would you rather start Al with, with Porzingis?
1: I would rather see Derek White on the floor. but Me too. It, it also depends on the matchup. Yeah, so, yeah. Obviously, as,
2: obviously, a big, big team. You can you can throw the two bigs out. We've seen uh, the Celtics do that in the last couple. I think of years. our
1: best roster definitely has Al Horford as our sixth or seventh man.
2: Me too. Give him like 18 minutes a game, and I think that's perfect. All right, you two go start right, your where own Celtics show. That's basketball. All
0: right. This ain't a Celtics show. So <laughs> from the trail players' point of view, what's the plan there? Because that doesn't like my point of view is that Williams and uh and Ayton, that doesn't really that doesn't really go well with today's NBA. I mean, that's like I mean I I don't know, that seems like something that like Memphis would have done like ten years ago. Like got, you know, two bigs on the floor, like like conventional bigs. You you told like you just told me 8 and what shot 26% from 3 so yeah, so he so can make
2: one in four. So but, he's not going to really spread yeah.
0: the floor. I mean, right? So like you can like are you really trading for Williams if you don't intend to have both of them all on the floor at the same time? Like for 8 and Williams, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to You know
2: Rob Williams is starting in Portland. I I don't think there's any any route where he doesn't. I really just think I, I see Portland looking at Aiton as an asset I really do
0: well uh, I guess we'll see I I mean hopefully uh I don't know if Scoot Henderson is a winner and he's the one that's gonna you know he's gonna be the leader in the locker room because I I don't have any faith in Aiton and Williams ain't a leader he might be fun to watch but I don't think he's gonna be any uh locker room present um are
1: there any I think I think it's definitely a trade piece for them um his his value defensively i could see him being moved at the deadline to a middle of the pack lower the pack defensive i mean a playoff team somebody like the lakers who need like anthony davis can't play all 48 in the playoffs um his his body just can't hold up his performance goes down um so somebody like robert williams could really help a team like the lakers
2: that'd be scary a lot of value offer a lebron robert williams pick and roll that would be that'd be pretty scary
0: and
1: the thing is, is
0: Williams is only eleven million only, <laughs> but 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 by NBA, yeah, 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 great extension, four years,
2: forty four mil, yeah, great extension. But I Brad. mean,
0: they, I mean, they did give up significant value in something like that because Williams was under contract for what, two more years, right? So I mean, to to have a piece like that at eleven million, but hey, you know, like obviously they felt like they had to make a move. They have their window with with. I mean, either Tatum or Brown are probably gonna. I feel like are gonna force their way out of boston within the next year or two like yeah brown got it like brown got his money but he can he can force a trade within the next year that's kind of the nba way now like if you don't want to be somewhere you just force a trade and, and
2: yeah pay. i mean i think that's what everyone talks about but I, we've never heard it come from within like it's never rumors that you know he's not happy i guess jalen brown there was some rumors that he wanted to go to back home to atlanta uh, you know late late last season but like you've never heard jason tatum say anything other than i want to play with Jalen brown
1: oh yeah and even going off of that Jalen brown's own words he he loves boston he loves being a part of the community and he's built something in boston and um i believe when he signed the contract you know he he stated that he wants to continue to help build the community here and like you said jason tatum has said pretty much everything along the same lines he wants to be in boston long
0: term you know I heard I heard somebody say they wanted to be in Boston long term not too long ago
2: yeah but Kyrie Irving is a tool <laughs>
0: okay. I mean I don't know like I don't have a lot of faith in Kyrie,
2: Kyrie Irving has said he's wanted to be in like eight different places so. I mean
0: I mean okay maybe that was a little bit of a low blow to compare Brown to Irving but I'm just I'm just saying they that they can say things to to make it you know to avoid the distraction or whatever, but like, am I convinced that Jalen Brown wants to be in Boston? Not really. I mean, I I, I don't know. It, like, there's nothing. There's nothing 100 uh, substantial other than just the rumblings from the you know
2: from people like you, Tory. The,
0: no, man. No, come on. He was. He's been shopped multiple times. That that doesn't make a guy feel good. He uh, he does want to be a number one, and I don't think there's. I don't think that that's like a surprise or like that's anything that's not on record that he wants to be the number one guy somewhere that I believe that did come out, didn't it? So uh, whatever, I'm not the basketball guy. You guys, Hey, is there, is there anything left in the arms race in the East? Then is it, is it bucks? Is it like, is there, are, is, are the, uh, the Cavs, the Knicks, the, the Hawks, I don't know.
1: Billy <laughs> really
2: needs to make a move. Yeah, they do.
0: Wait, yeah, they need to just say thanks. For Miami no and Philly are,
1: are stuck in the mud right now. They need to do something, and I don't think wearing an emo look is, is fixing anything.
0: <laughs> I I think, uh, I don't know. I think it would be just addition by subtraction at this point. Like, I, I, would, I would trade James Harden for some basketballs at this point. Like, I'm just – I I am so done with that guy. It, it, like you it, and if you trade for him you get what you deserve. Like that's that's what I think. And I I don't I'm not sold on Embiid either. I don't like Embiid. Um I don't think Embiid's ever going to win anything either. I think he's I think he's soft too. So yeah. Would I take him on the Celtics? Sure, but like <laughs> I mean, but Harden no. Like I, I like I wouldn't take Harden for free <laughs> cuz I think he just infects your team, but, but he's just one of those people. I mean, he's a Kyrie Irving. He's, he's that kind of personality. He's
2: shown it everywhere he's gone. I agree with you there.
0: All right. That's enough of that. Let's talk about who's going to get fired in the NFL. <laughs> so, all right. The obvious one is Matt Eberflus in Chicago, right? Look, Justin Fields started. He had one incompletion uh, before the half. It was a Hail Mary. Um, I mean, he looked great right? And everything fell apart in the fourth quarter. Now, I will say this. I don't, I don't like that the narrative is a hundred percent that like every time Justin Fields does something good, it's only him, right? Is That was all fields, right? Like, okay. Maybe the, like coaches develop too. So let's just, let's just be fair. I think right? everyone
2: just thinks Chicago's coaching staff is that inept that they can't evolve. <laughs> and like, I can't blame the general like consensus to be that because We've seen how bad the play calling has been to this point.
0: No, and here's the thing. I mean, Ibra Flus is going to get fired, and it's going to happen soon. But sometimes, all I'm saying is sometimes that only happens because there's so much pressure for it to happen. Sometimes it's not the right move. The Eagles forced Andy Reid out, and you can say maybe they needed a new voice and everything like that. Maybe Andy Reid needed the kick in the ass. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, you know, some, it's not always the right move to fire a guy. And... And this is not like the hill. I'm not going to die on this hill for Matt Eberfeld. I was going to say I, I get but, what
2: you're saying I, I don't think it's the right no, 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 guy. But I'm be. just
0: saying I'm just saying logistically it doesn't make sense that every time something good happens, so Justin Fields has a great three quarters. Okay, maybe the, maybe they were doing, you know, maybe they, they, they dialed the playbook the way that they needed to for him. And you know the funny thing is, is what I noticed is he th- he was throwing really well from the pocket. Which, he, for the most part, he actually had a pretty clean pocket in that game against the Broncos. I don't know what the hell happened to that Broncos defense. They were so um, good last year. Yeah, no, they, they were one of the best in the NFL last year. And now they're just getting carved up. But anyway, but actually, Fields was really good from the pocket. And then when they rolled him out, a lot of times is when he when he was wild. Which is kind of funny, like, for a guy that, you know... The that, narrative, that yeah. li- Well, that lives with his legs, right? Or, like, that, that's the narrative anyway. But he... He played really well yesterday, and then, like, I don't feel like the fumble, you can't say that the fumble's not his fault, because he has to know that that guy's coming free, right? So, I don't know, again, it's a combination, also the interception with Komet, right? Like, like it's obviously, it looks like it's an option route, and there's a miscommunication over, you know, and you can talk to, you can speak to this a little bit more as a receiver, but... I don't know what they're reading there to know, hey, is Komet going sit to sit down on that route or is he going to keep coming across the safety's face?
2: Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Justin thought he was going to sit, and uh, Komet was looking more for that back shoulder because uh, he felt the space, so he was looking for that, I guess, front shoulder, and then he was trying to turn out, so that's why he was kind of shifting away from the safety a little bit. But um obviously,
0: or I thought like it was more like Comet was going to keep coming, like just on a crosser and fields through it, like he was going to sit, like right. So like,
2: yeah, yeah. You want that ball like once he stops, you want it on that front shoulder so you can turn into the, you know, where there's not the safety and there's I don't think there was a defender within like ten yards on that other other side. It would have been a huge gain. Um, that's just yeah, that's just a miscommunication, like you said, option route. Um, those things happen. Well, I mean, that's,
0: well, that's what I mean. And, and you know, like, it's like, okay, does that come back to coaching? Like, is this something that they, so there's so many questions. There's so many things that we don't have the answers to 100%. Um, you know, I was really tough on Justin Fields at the beginning of the year because I was like, I was like, stop the Jalen Hurts comparisons. Like, Justin Fields was 5 and 20 at the start of this season. Like, like, stop.
2: And like, now he's 5-24. and 24.
0: And by the <laughs> way, I, still stay, I, I will still say stop. Because if you're great... Like, and that's he, just
2: not fair to Justin Fields either because he hasn't shown that. No, it's
0: not fair to him either. You're right. Um, do, do I believe Justin Fields wants to win? Yes. Do I think uh, maybe even over the last couple of weeks he's learned some valuable lessons about accountability? Maybe. Maybe. And, I, and I'm telling you, I think they did a good thing getting that idiot chase claypool away from because he man I, I talk about a guy I, I don't want within you know 100 feet of my team like the, the eagles were the, there was like rumors out there i, I can't remember i think it might have been rapaport actually saying that yeah the eagles are a team that are rumored to be interested in claypool no thanks They're like you can have all the physical ability in the world like he is a moron mm-hmm. i don't judge and i try not to judge anybody by like one mistake right like we have seen time and time again he's an idiot so like, stay away from me. Like, no thanks. I don't want, don't infect my team. I'm all set. So, um, I don't know. So yeah, coming back full circle. It's the it's the coaching hot seat though. So Ibrahimos is obviously our top pick. Um, Mawson, give me yours.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with probably the consensus number two right now, Brandon Staley with the with the Chargers. I cannot believe that fourth and one call even a week later. You're, you're up four at your 24. There's less than two minutes left. Yeah, but the percentages. Oh, my God. And he used to be a guy that, uh, like, when he first started, he would just go for it all the time. And I respected the hell out of him. Like, this is fun. You know, like, it might not make sense, but it's fourth and 14. I'm going for it. You know, I'm <laughs> whatever the case may be. And then he, he got in this weird middle ground where he would go for it when he just, like, felt like it. And it would be a fourth and eight from the 50 and he'd go for it and then like he wouldn't on the next drive same same scenario so um i mean the chargers you know we've talked about it charging right they find ways to lose games i'm not you know
0: and that starts at the top right i mean they
2: they just beat the raiders congratulations you beat the raiders like josh mcdaniel shouldn't be a head coach in the nfl either um i don't think he's on the hot seat because i don't think he's (laughs) competent enough to be an nfl head coach in the first place i don't know what the raiders are doing there uh but yeah brandon staley needs to go i mean justin herbert is a great quarterback i know uh you you catch some flack with the with the stats and everything like that and the comparisons which again aren't his fault right like he's not the one making those
0: oh he's the oh you mean like the uh, he he's the first to throw for
2: 900 yards three. yeah yeah yeah, Yeah.
0: no he uh, yeah you're right that's not his fault that you know like oh he's the first rookie to do this and that it actually do might, that, be, might
2: might be somebody like his head coach's fault like the nerds you know going by the percentages and <laughs> i'm just kind of kidding here but yeah brand staley has to go man i it, that that chargers team has so much talent so much talent
0: i was i mean i was really high on them i i really thought that they might be a dark horse super bowl candidate and it's it's too early to say that they aren't yeah i mean they could you know they could but, catch
2: fire but I th- their identity is what it is. It
0: just doesn't seem like the it factor is there, and I don't know if it's Herbert, Staley, both. Um, I don't know. I mean, Herbert doesn't win big games, you know. Like it, so, and and again, is that coaching? I don't know. So, um, you know, I'm going to give you my man. After a 38-3 loss to the Cowboys, man, I'm telling you, Belichick's time's got to be coming. I mean, are, are, is he really just going to like? Is Robert Kraft so afraid of being the guy to fire Bill Belichick? I mean, at this point...
2: I didn't know I was doing a show with Skip Bayless.
0: Like, how dare you? <laughs> you son of a bitch. That was like the meanest just fire, thing.
2: Just firing off hot
0: takes That's, over here, That was so mean. Just because I agree with him on one thing. <laughs> no, I'm, Belichick doesn't... Listen, I don't think it's going to be that hard to blow him out at this point. Because I think most people believe way more than I do that, oh, it was all Brady. I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think Belichick was a great coach. I don't think he is anymore. And I, and I don't think he understands how to evaluate personnel anymore. And they just got annihilated in all facets of the game by the Cowboys. I'm just,
2: I think, so, from my perspective, I, I do get what you're saying. Embarrassing loss, no excuses. I think week three was the anomaly for the Cowboys losing, losing to the Cardinals. You look at what they did. Week one against the Giants just absolutely embarrassed them. Like they just did to the Patriots. No,
0: the matchups were bad. I get what you're saying. Like the 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 Patriots had two guys out on the offensive line against that against that no, Cowboys not, pass rush. I'm not even Short. making those
2: excuses. I'm just saying that Cowboys defense, I think come the end of the year you're gonna you're gonna see they're gonna solidify that they are the best. Obviously, after week one, everyone had cemented them the best, and you know, there's talk about you know, are the Niners the best? The Chargers have a good defense. You know, who's the best defense? I think it will be the Cowboys when all's said and done.
0: Look, we didn't we didn't overreact to the Giants losing forty to nothing. In, you know, on on week one because it was week one, right? When you lose thirty eight to three in week four, and I'll tell you, man, like the arrow's right. been pointing down on the Patriots ever since Brady left, and really even while Brady was still there, right? Because I mean, there, yeah, the that's, that's, reason that's, Brady was frustrated. There's so. there's
2: no question about that. That's 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 a fact <laughs> i mean you can just look at the numbers and everything um i just i don't think it's bill belichick's time to go i think that's an absurd thing to say
0: i i don't no sacred cows man I, he's not getting the job done anymore and i think that if you if you hang on what's it gonna like how far is he away from don Chula's wins record because if that's what they're doing like that is lame. that is that is bush league like this is a, this this league is about winning and if and if Robert Kraft – I don't even understand how that would be a good business decision for Robert Kraft to hang on to him until he breaks the wins
2: record because at this rate, it's going to take three or four seasons. Uh, 29 away. He's t-
1: yeah. I'm with, I'm with Corey on this one. I think Patriot fans are becoming really soft. Um, I don't understand what this culture is supposed to be about. The New England Patriots for, like, the last 17 years of my life um, weren't happy with, like, three touchdown wins. I remember going into school on Monday. And they'd be complaining about how Tom Brady didn't do this and all these different things about how the Patriots didn't play perfect. And now they're literally like a bottom of the barrel team. And it's like, ah, it's okay. They're rebuilding. That's not the expectation in New England. And I think I agree with Tori. Like if Bill Belichick's going to continue to be a head coach, they need to have results now.
2: I think it's uh, I think it's a tough to, I mean, you're looking at the best division in football, in my opinion, between the the dolphins. Well, maybe now that the jets are Aaron Rodgers list, maybe it's not, but, uh, Going into the preseason, it is the best division in football. I I, th- I don't think there's any question there, and it, it's a tough division. We talked about the tough strength of schedule that all AFC East teams have. Um, am I happy that the Patriots are losing? Absolutely not. But um, maybe I am. My, maybe my belly is a little full because of all the Super Bowl wins. And you know what? If that's the case, I'll take it, man. It's, Shame on you. You know,
0: that's 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 shameful. You want know, to call me Skip Bayless? Like you're just. You're just a bad fan. Yeah,
2: you win six Super Bowls. That's not what got you there.
0: You're yeah, you're a you're a pink hat. That's what you are. Pink hat, pink hat, red sauce. You know, you know who
2: I think it is. I think it's Ernie Adams. I think that he's gone. I think he was probably more influential than uh, than people thought. (laughs) I think pink stripes, baby. I
0: still, I still disagree. I think Belichick just got old and he can't evaluate offense, guys. He's, I don't think he he's should be the school, GM as he's well. A, he's an old-school football coach, and he can't even put together a functional offensive line. Like, he should, yeah, they should at needed. least have a good running game and a good offensive line. Yeah, if, I
2: don't know what's going on with the running game at all.
0: Like, if you if you want to win Belichick's way, obviously, like, it's sad for me because I want to watch a team with a power running game and a and a game manager quarterback win.
2: All right, well, I have your team for you, San Francisco 49ers. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the uh, Eagles and 49ers are both undefeated when that game comes up was that, week eight, something like oh, that? Oh, really? That would um, be a good game. Yeah, it's coming up. Um, and then they can shut up Debo Samuel because they're going to beat him again. But anyway, uh, Jake, you got an NFL on the hot seat, NFL coach on the hot seat?
1: Before you brought up Belichick, I was feeling like Sean Payton is in a very uh, vulnerable situation. His team saved him with the 21-point comeback, but... If they drop that game to the Bad News Bears, I think all the talk would be about the disaster situation in Denver right now.
0: I think, I think there would be a lot of heat, but I don't think there would be any risk of him getting fired yet. Only because it's his first year and he's a big name, and he already had the built-in excuse of Russell Wilson's crappy year last year to you know to blame it on him. I think Peyton kind of knows that too, and I think. Like he's going to Payton's going to be able to draft his guy next year. And then and then that's going to buy him at least two more years, I would say, unless it's a complete disaster that year, too. Like the the expectations are much lower or uh, excuse me, the timetable for the expectations for to be a competitor are, you know, it's much shorter now than it used to be. But I still think Peyton gets a chance to draft his guy next year. It's just, it's too much money that they already gave him. Now, sounds
2: you, like a loser mentality, if you ask me.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I agree. Uh, I mean, like, here's, I mean, to a certain degree, because, I mean, you know, you look at it, or the, the Steelers, are the Steelers very good right now? No. Again, I don't think Tomlin is a good tactical coach. And, you know, maybe defensively, but, like, you know, what, whatever they're doing offensively it obviously isn't working. But my point being, uh the Steelers are a team that's had three head coaches in like 5
2: decades. Yeah, just absolute insane. And that stability
0: gets you places, you know? Like I mean, the Packers having only three quarterbacks over the last, you know, 30 40 years, right? Like that 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 gets you places. Um So I don't believe in like firing guys right away, but I mean, sometimes when you know, you know also Urban Meyer,
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like but to Jake's point, if if the Broncos did not make that comeback. The seat heats up incredibly, right? And at that point are they probably going to fire him? No, right? Like you're saying, Tory, but it it, allo- it allows more avenues for things to go south quicker, right? If you lose to the bad news bears.
0: Yeah. And it, if you and if you fall the 0 and 4, I'm just saying I think the heat shifts to Russell Wilson more than it shifts to Sean Payton. And I think Sean Payton has set things up that way it, it, like, with his comments the, and, well, well the narrative the, like he's massaged the narrative that it's going to be it's going to be russell wilson's fault and whether whether that's true or not i mean i think i think it's i think it's just kind of a perfect storm and honestly wilson's actually played fairly well these last couple of weeks um maybe not the first two quarters against the bears but obviously played well in the second half yesterday um i don't know uh, I, but I, I again i think peyton's going to be able to draft his guy and we could be talking about drake may quarterback of the, of the broncos next year it, it's still a ton of money and and to jake's point i don't know maybe after one year peyton could be blown right out they could just be like yeah man you just don't have it anymore after you're a year out it, of the game yeah. um but they would have to eat a lot of money there but they'd have to eat a lot more to get rid of wilson so anyway um let's move on to the uh the other uh game of the week i mean because Jets and Chiefs kind of turned out to be game of the week, um, but we, we, we didn't really know what to make of the Dolphins um, getting two and a half points coming into Buffalo, um, and they got blown out.
2: <laughs> and Still the house of horrors, apparently.
0: It's st- you know, and, But I, I, I actually thought this was more about the Bills than the Dolphins because I think the Dolphins need everything to be on time. They're small. If you beat them up a little bit, I think that you can wear them down. And not to mention like when you go in motion that many times running full speed, you just get tired. You know what I mean? Like, like it sounds stupid. Like, like it would be a small thing. I think that actually, you know, that motion and everything works, but like, why did, why did the dolphins, you know, wear out (laughs) towards the end of that game? Uh, There's other factors, obviously Toronto Armstead being out of the game is a big one. Um, But I actually think it says more about the bills and the loss of Tredavious white's going to hurt, but I said this from the beginning if the Bills were just hand off the freaking ball, right? And they did it and and this isn't so the this is a little misleading. 22 carries for 90 yards between the three car- the three backs, it doesn't sound like much, but Allen only dropped back 27 times and they only asked him to carry it four times. So there was there was balance in this offense and for the most of the first half it was actually it was a back and forth game. So I need to see it. McDermott might be gaining a little bit of faith from me is what I'm saying and and just and the play calling in general. Ken Dorsey too, right? Um I might be gaining a little bit of faith in the Bills and their coaching and their usage of Allen, right? Not asking him to do too much. Not asking him to be a superhero every week. Yeah, in the AFC championship game, you're gonna ask Josh Allen to be a superhero, sure. But don't don't make him do it all season.
2: Yeah. So you mentioned the back and forth nature of the game, and that's that's where you know once the bills it, it sounds obvious but once the bills gave, got a two touchdown cushion it was so almost over i mean the dolphins really haven't played from behind and their their scheme is obviously very sophisticated and smart and but th- like you said these motions and things they work really well but when you're when you're coming from behind and you have to abandon some of those things it it doesn't seem to mesh quite as well it doesn't seem like they're a team which Sounds weird when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, you know, these down threat receivers, but they don't seem like a team that is built to come from behind almost. And and Tua. Let's not forget Tua, who, you know, has been spectacular up up until this point, um, this year. But it obviously they rely on the run game as well, and that's a big part of it. Uh HN had another another good game. I think he only had eight touches, but he had a hundred yards. Yeah. Uh, uh just eight. explosive. Uh but I think the book is out. I mean, it's not. It's it sounds pretty simple. Get a two touchdown lead, and then you can kind of take Miami off of their game. But that that's really what happened.
0: It, it was quite a, a shift in the balance of power. You know, this is this is in Buffalo, granted. But yeah, losing Toronto Armstead, the game did kind of shift after that too. And this is what the Bills without Von Miller, by the way. Right, Miller's not who back is yet, and j-
2: just cleared to practice, I believe. Yeah,
0: I think he's coming back this week, and Teron Armstead might be out this week. Um, but it's against the Giants, who look absolutely horrible. We just watched them lose twenty-four to three to the Seahawks. But
2: with Drew Lock in at quarterback for a hot minute,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. For <laughs> that was a that was a funny tweet we saw. That was it, that was just what this game needed. Drew Lock in at quarterback, yeah. Um, when it was only seven to seven, nothing, seven three. So yeah funny but um no i i think uh you know an offensive line like people will laugh when i say this but you know it's it's five players just like five players on the court in the nba and how how big of an impact is it when you lose one guy on the court in the nba right it's kind of like that with the offensive line because it changes it changes your entire game plan when you lose especially when you lose a stud you know everyone's role has to change and what and what you know Obviously, your blocking scheme is going to change who you, where you're sliding the protection. It it really is like the starting five on on the court when you. So if you lose,
2: yeah, and you, that's in everyone's mind, right? Like that's in the guard's mind when the tackle goes down. Like oh, we're, we got the backup in. I might need to slide to the left a little bit, and you know, thought him before. Well, it's, and it's just it's communication too. Yeah. Like
0: I mean, it's it, having even if you don't have the most talented offensive line, there's a there's a direct correlation between success and having your the same offensive line together for 17 games so really like you know I would much rather just take the more especially at offensive line I would rather take the more durable guy than the higher upside. you know I just want a guy that's going to be on the field for 17 games and can play adequately because communication is just so much especially in today's game just you know pass blocking run blocking is a little bit more um you know do they have some nastiness and fight to them and everything like that but especially pass blocking and picking up, picking up blitzes and everything like that. So, uh, you know, So again, like losing Teron Armstead, I, I think that's a big impact on the Dolphins, and hopefully he's not out for a long time because, yeah, the Dolphins are fun to watch. Let's also, again, let's not, let's not downplay the fact that Allen played really well. They ran the ball. They gave it, so between, uh, yeah, between Cook, Damian Harris, and Latavius Murray, uh, got like four or five carries as well, 22 carries, 90 yards. And they were doing it early and often, that's the thing. They were doing it when it was a close game. So I really want to see it. Will they still run the ball when they're down seven, down ten? You know what I mean? Don't ask Allen to do everything, because that's when that's when that's when they get in trouble. You know, but because they were running the ball, everything was open and Allen is so talented. And so if he's being coached like that, he really is in that class with the homes. But yeah, once you start asking him to do everything, not so much.
2: He is, but I think it goes back to the decision-making. And who, who do you want making your decisions in a clutch moment, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? I think the book is pretty much out that It's Patrick oh, Mahomes, right? For sure,
0: for sure. Uh, and, um, but speaking of quarterbacks that are, you know, I think in Allen's class anyway, stats be damned, uh, Jalen Hurts, man, all this guy does is win. And that was, you know, sometimes you get a win ugly. I think the commanders are better than a lot of people think anyway and you know it, it wasn't pretty and the defense didn't play like they have but i don't know he looked good i and honestly he he had a good stat line in this game um
2: yeah the connection to aj brown seems to be just fine
0: yeah i mean honestly i didn't even like the um the going to, i mean it gave the the commanders a chance to go down and score right like honestly why not especially with the eagles running game why not just control the clock go right. down and kick the i mean you have a good kicker You know, you you have a good run game. Just go down and go down and kick the field goal. You know what I mean? Um, That's the smarter play. Now, I don't know. In the long term, is it better to keep A.J. Brown happy? I I sure don't like it if that's what it's about. Um, But hey, whatever. A win's a win, right? What would you guys think? Uh, Did everybody see the McLaurin catch no catch in overtime? Yeah, that was a tough one.
2: I, I saw it. it. I think it's tough to overturn that, though. It's just like you know, I, I don't necessarily side on the refs' side too often, but the call on the field. I think that's the one that the call on the field that just has to stay. Here's, uh, <laughs> not to mention, it was a
0: guy's arm getting cleated, keeping keeping him from right. supposedly coming down in bounds. So you know what? Let's give that one to the Eagles. And you know what? Let's give it to the Eagles too, because we're between the bullshit call that won uh, won the Commanders the game last year. When uh yeah when Heineke you like slid down and they got a roughing the passer the Eagles would have gotten the button there's no saying the Eagles would have won that game but they would have gotten a chance to drive down so like that one pissed me off it's Hurts' only loss at home in the last two years um, and not to mention then uh, was it Edmonds the safety for the Eagles hits Howell red on the sideline this is nothing like the one in the Chargers and Raiders game when Herbert got hit like he hadn't stepped out of bounds yet and I'm so tired of seeing these ones Howell's going for the sticks and safety blasts him sure and they get a personal foul it uh, gives gives the commanders a first down i'm not sure if Howell got the first down or not but it gave him another 15 yards and the commanders ended up going down and scoring and tying it at 24 as a result of that the whole tush push thing i'm so tired of hearing about this like i like i was so i was shocked you know what mad mad dog russo acts like he's old school He's only old school about freaking basketball.
2: <laughs> about Bob like, Cousy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, he'll, he'll just talk to you about, like, a bunch of plumbers that like, <laughs> played in the NBA in the 1950s. But he said, he, like, he doesn't like the tush-push. And, and I say, and I quote, he said this on the show today. And he's like, all it is is just, like, 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 there should be some finesse to it. It shouldn't just be a guy pushing a guy backwards. Like, what, why do you watch football? Once again, I go back to casual fans. Like, stay the fuck away from my sport then. If you, don't, if you don't like a guy pushing a guy from point A to point B, don't watch football. Why are you here?
2: Yeah, it's kind of like football 101 the fundamentals.
0: <laughs> no, like the tush-push play is the essence of football. It is. Yeah. It's, it's O-line play. It's leverage. It's strength. It's get the fuck out of my way. So, like, if you don't like it, like, seriously, if you don't like the tush-push play, if you are a educated football fan and you don't like it, I probably hate you. That's, it's just like that's just the way it is. Also, I don't really like what the Eagles did. Jake, did you see this one when they – I think they did it – I think this is what you were talking about last week when they did the fake touch push and then Hurts, you know, ran around off tackle?
1: Yeah, exactly. The play that they probably shouldn't have shown the league yet.
0: Well, and I think they did it at one point last year too, but I don't like it. It's like I – un- I understand, you know, people are going to try and figure out the whole touch push play. Maybe if you're going for – Maybe if it's third and one, and then Hertz is just going to break one for 50, you know, something like that. But, I mean, when you have a, the success rate that you do on this one, um, so, you know, Tush Push, Brotherly Shove. I don't know. What do you guys prefer? I don't know. But.
2: <laughs> brotherly Shove? I haven't heard that one. Yeah, yeah. That's what they said yesterday. Yeah, I like um, that.
0: I'll take it, yeah. Um, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, Brotherly Shove is better. You're right. Um. I don't know. I just think it's it, and then, but there was the commanders were lined up offside on the play, and they called they called the Eagles for offsides. <laughs> it's like and, and, which they weren't even. Like there have been times when it was a false start on the Eagles that they can get called. I will readily admit that, but they weren't offsides. They were, like like get the call right. You know what I mean. And I don't think I don't think there was a false start on the one in question in this game. So point being, you know, Terry McLaurin inbounds, out of bounds, whatever. There there were calls that that should have gone the Eagles way too. So I don't, I don't even really want to hear it right now. Um, let's see. What was it? uh no, we already talked Broncos and bears. So um, anyway, yeah, let's, uh, you know, take a second. Uh, last show, we, we talked about Tim Wakefield being diagnosed with brain cancer. Obviously uh, he must've been somewhere near the end um, when the news broke anyway. And so, just really sad to hear the passing of Tim Wakefield. Uh, all three of us are Red Sox fans. All, all three of us, you know, watched him pitch at one point or another. And uh, just a, just an incredible story. Um, I, you know, I did a little bit more research on him. I knew he had been in the Pirates system. I didn't realize he pitched in the NLCS. Against, he won two games against Tom Glavin in 1992.
2: Yeah, I didn't know that either.
0: And then he got bumped down to the minors, um, you know, kind of it probably you know this is the second time looking like his career might be over um after switching to be in a pitcher and then uh dan duquette came in red sox gm at the time like jesus do you even remember dan duquette
2: I've heard Did the it? name no don't remember <laughs> don't remember his regime
0: so yeah i mean yeah so uh, i don't know one of his best developments i mean yeah so clemens Mauvan, all those guys but uh so anyway, yeah, just kind of picked up Wakefield off the scrap heap, and you know the rest of his history. Seventeen years with the Red Sox, 186 wins. Um, is, he, is he second? Does he have the most strikeouts in Red Sox history? The, or or no? He, he's behind Clemens in wins. I don't know if he has. Uh, I don't know if he's behind Clemens in strikeouts too. Um, but I mean, one of the best things that he obviously the 2004 that year he got shelled in Game Three. And came back. This was this was Wakefield in a nutshell. He came back and he and he pitched in Game Five. He pitched three innings to keep keep that comeback in the AL ALCS against the Yankees. Yeah,
2: second all time in Red Sox strikeouts behind Clemens. He Wakefield finished with two thousand forty six. Clemens two thousand five hundred ninety. Wakefield is the all time uh red sox leader in innings pitch though innings that was 3006 innings pitch for the red Sox, and that's
0: just it right the guy could start a game and come back and and give you a couple innings out of the bullpen the next the next game or or two days later that's exactly what he did in the playoffs to help the red sox win that world series that (laughs) year
2: also most games started walks home runs Kind of a knuckleball. That, that, that pretty much sums up a knuckleball pitcher right there. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, he, and he was just around forever. I mean, he just was Red Sox, you know? Like, I mean, just like, you know, right there with Veritek and guys like that, just heart of the team, you know what I mean? And and a great guy. You know what it Like, actually, I think I said this to my sister of all people the other night. I said he's like a... He's like a hot girl that didn't know he was hot, you know, or, or doesn't know she's hot. And so she, she has a personality and she's nice. You know what I mean? Like, just like ugly duckling. You know what I mean? And you just like, and you find her in her 30s and, she, and for some reason she's, she's hot, but she's a nice person now. That, that was Wakefield. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, like, cause, cause he, cause he didn't have the sexy fastball or anything like that. And you could you see know? it.
2: You, you could tell that was him uh, if you didn't know him as an analyst or, you know, a broadcaster or anything like that or just how he was on the field based off of the reactions uh once the news broke he's uh, I'm not sure if you saw you know Veritek, legitimately crying uh you know in in the in the interview uh and he said you know this they asked him you know what did he mean and he said I don't think I have to say anything I think it, I'm kind of showing it right now uh the guys loved him on on those Red Sox teams and it's just it's just so sad to see and I just hate Kurt Schilling so much. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about him at all. It's about Wakefield right now, but just um, also obviously a great person. Uh, he was nominated for the Roberto Clemente Award eight times, basically the baseball's equivalent of the you know NFL Man of the Year award. Right. Um, but you know, for service in the community, and uh, he won the award in 2010. Uh, has multiple charities. Just um, yeah, just a, just you know like you always say this, you know, it was funny. I found an article on him from when he retired and, you know, they, they do a little bit of window dressing for people and stuff, even after they retire. Oh, of course. But I, yeah. But, a PR machine. But but you, well, you know what I mean? But they do it way more after somebody passes away. So I went back and found articles from 10, 12 years ago. It was like they, back then they were talking about what a great guy he is, you know what I mean? So um, rest in peace, Tim Wakefield, you know, I don't know. It's just like, there there there'll never be another one you know and um you know i don't know we i think we all felt it you know just just as fans never mind his teammates his family friends of course um but also uh no, jake you know sorry yeah we we're, we're uh we're drowning you out here but i want to get your thoughts on that
1: yeah um obviously don't want to give more attention to the negative side of it and It's just a really sad day for Boston fans, and I think the most important thing is, um, like we kind of talked about, his work off the field was incredible. Um, I was reading today that no player did more for the Jimmy Fund or the Red Sox Foundation. Um, Like you said, he had his own charities. Um, He had the Wakefield Warriors program, so or I think it's Wake's Warriors, Um, but either way, once his career ended, he pretty much dedicated his work to helping people fight for their lives, and it's sad to see him lose to a similar fight yeah
0: only the good die young. but um anyway uh you know a little bit a little bit more jovial uh tone but another guy that's definitely going to be missed uh miguel cabrera um uh, you know it, it's funny it's crazy to me that like one of the things i'll remember him for because because man was he good um and he still is good he's hitting 260 this year <laughs> like he's, he's still a good baseball player um, but one of the things I'll always remember him for is just all the, all the highlight videos of him, uh, just goofing around with people at first base. And like, I always loved that, that like, he, you know, he was still out there, he was still having fun, you know what I mean? Obviously a, a consummate professional, but when, you know, when it warranted it, you could still goof off, you could still have a good time, you know, show, show the fans that you can have a good time. I always appreciated that about McGee as well.
1: <laughs> jake jake go ahead yeah i mean it it feels like we're leaving a different generation of baseball and we're entering a new one um cabrera is obviously i mean he just retired and the year before that it was yachty wainwright and everybody else um it's it's just weird seeing all these all these people i looked up to coming up as a as a young baseball player, just dreaming about playing ball the rest of my life. Um, it, it's I feel old is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's it's a weird feeling.
2: Yeah, this is your first time. I probably experienced it a couple of years ago too with uh, with retirements. So I I feel you, man. It's it's a weird feeling to feel old for the first time when it comes to sports. I don't, dude.
0: I don't want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to hear it at all.
2: You've been <laughs> experiencing it for a decade now, Tori. Yeah.
0: Huh? Uh, so screw you guys.
2: But it, it does it does hit different when it's the the childhood, you know, kids that you look or not kids, the childhood athletes that you look up to when they retire for the first time. It it's different. But yeah,
0: yeah, he's forty years. Right. Old. I remember the
1: only thing I cared about in twenty twelve was his triple crown run because the Red Sox were so terrible under Bobby Valentine. Like I, I wasn't paying attention. To
2: oh, that, that at was all. the Bobby Valentine era. That's right. <laughs> Gave
0: you a reason. To, yeah, yeah, he won consecutive MVPs. Is he the last guy to win the triple crown? I believe so. Um yeah, so his 2012 year.
2: World Series winner, right? With the Marlins, right? Yep.
0: Won the World yeah. Series, yes, sir. Um and then won the triple crown with Detroit in two thousand twelve. Right, right, Jake. Yep, that's
1: correct. Two thousand
0: twelve uh triple crown three thirty. Uh sorry. Hit 330, 44 homers, 139 RBIs that season. Which uh those are all highs for him. Yep. Oh no, sorry. Three he had he he had better batting averages uh in the two years around that. Three forty eight, three forty-four. But um I don't know, yeah, like again, just uh just a guy that made the game fun, you know, at a at a time when, you know, I think baseball you know, maybe needed a little bit. Jake might take exception to that, but um you know, after the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa stuff was over, I think a lot of people, you know, needed that injection. You know, like, you know, just like a, a guy like, you know, like Shohei right now, like, you know, injects a lot of fun into the game. Um, but yeah, so our uh, our salute to Miggy Cabrera as well, man. Yesterday, the it was his uh, his kids were up in the booth to introduce him for his last at bat. That was like a like oh, I like missed that. A, I love those. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not crying. You're crying. Yeah. <laughs> um let's see where are we at oh yeah no oh, we gotta we gotta do our weekly uh or really every three days we're talking Colorado <laughs> football right I mean and there's a lot to unpack here from the Colorado game I mean I was so bummed out to hear they're down 21 nothing. it's like like I was like even then I was telling myself like like nah man I'm not getting off the bandwagon things are going to be better next year but I don't think we have to wait for next year I think I think they're figuring some things out I saw a little bit – I give them credit for being down two, three touchdowns and still running the ball. Like, that shows me development in Dion as a coach. Um, you know, do it, he's protecting Shador a little bit because, like, again, if he drops back every play – I mean, USC's defense isn't Oregon's defense either, and this is at Absolutely home. Absolutely not. But, um, but I don't know. I, I just I, – I thought that this was already – you know, a step in the direction and a, and a big bounce back from that game against Oregon. And I mean, for them to, I mean, really they kept fighting in that Oregon game too. Like they were still hitting, they were still flying around.
2: They They just weren't producing. They were Well,
0: yeah, they were just outclassed, you know? Um, But I think they adjusted tactically a little bit. I think the USC's defense is an Oregon's defense and, and man, they were so close. So you and I watched the highlights and, um, which, which receiver was it? Like, almost broke the tackle on the
2: uh, Yeah, were, the, the freshman. Oh, I forget, I forget his name right was, now, but um, 14. <laughs> I, I can um, see um, him.
0: Amari um, uh, Miller?
2: I no. believe so. Yeah, 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 freshman. He had a good game. I think he had, like, five catches over 100 yards. I think he uh, had close to 200. Yeah, but, um, he had a touchdown as well, his first touchdown. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point, Tori. You, if you were to tell anybody, right, we're, you have a time machine and – preseason you're telling somebody that colorado football is within one touchdown of usc like the number
0: eight team in the country yeah
2: they're gonna tell you you're crazy you know obviously it wasn't really a one score game colorado scored late like a minute and a half left yeah they had a chance on an onside kick but you know for the most part it was a two possession game for or more for for much of the day but they did show fight uh, but yeah, I mean their downfall. We've not to beat a dead horse, but it, it's a line play, right? It stood out that first touchdown, that first rushing touchdown uh, for USC by Marshawn Lloyd. He runs left. There's nothing there. That, actually, there's two Colorado defenders there <laughs> who do, who failed to make the tackle. He bounces back right. The the right defensive end gets sealed really easily. And
0: really, those guys did their job. They pushed them. You know, they pushed him back. Exactly. The other way and exactly. And, they
2: yeah. they had a chance to tackle, but you know you know, running backs are elusive. I can understand not making that tackle, pushing back to the other side, the defensive end just gets bottled up, just gets sealed. Uh, And then something you noticed, I didn't notice kind of poor uh, hustle from poor pursuit from, uh, from everyone else on the play too. And it just an easy touchdown. I don't think he was touched. And uh, you know, that, that's, that's the story of Colorado football. Like their, their line is not of the upper echelons and, it, it it is what it is it's that's going to be the difference special teams is going to be the difference in the games like they have talent obviously they have talent but they just they're not fully there yet and you know yes you can hit the transfer portal and get a bunch of five stars and get a bunch of guys that produce but um it's not quite all there yet
0: that being said i mean with everything in front of us they do have Washington State still on uh, they have Oregon State and Washington State, you know, still on their slate. Um
2: I mean Arizona State next week should be a win, right?
0: Uh oh yeah. I I think I think they're uh it, like really my question was going to be do you think they can win out? I think I think they Utah Utah's issues on offense, so that's their last game November 25th. Um,
2: yeah, but I think that Utah defense is just going to
0: but I mean, but Utah doesn't move the ball right now. You know what I mean? Like I think it's an interesting one. It's going to be an interesting clash, you know. Like and obviously philosophically, I guess in a way, I kind of want to root for Utah. But um, but no, I I think I think there's a chance still for Colorado to win out here because I think they've already played the the biggest you know the biggest beasts on their schedule. Now you know to say they'll they'll beat Washington State in Washington. Okay, that might be a little bit of a you know Washington State up to thirteen by the way. Yeah,
2: they're playing well. I mean, the Pac twelve. I know I gave I gave everyone crap for the narrative that they were what eighteen and zero through week one, between week zero and week one. No, they've they've played really well. This is kind of the time that they beat each other up. We just saw it with uh, I think Washington State beat Oregon State. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're due for like a UCLA to lose to. Arizona State or they just you know USC just beat Arizona State but like one of those big upsets that just kind of puts the conference on its head and allows nobody to get into the to the college football playoffs we're due for that it'll probably happen pretty soon I
0: don't know I feel hopefully they'll take that into account the depth in this conference and whoever wins the conference ends up going to the I mean I they just need to set it up that way anyway like they need to set it up just make it I don't know. Make it eight conferences or whatever it is you need to do, or but a conference, all the conference winners should just be. Don't worry, we'll get there next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that the? I mean, it'll be a
2: twelve-team playoff next year, like, so everyone's going to get in.
0: That's oh, oh, it's twelve, not eight.
2: Or is it? I thought it was twelve. I could be wrong.
0: You, you know, you might be right. They keep they keep changing everything on us, the conferences, and I don't know. Uh, Jake, did you did you get uh, did you catch any of the Colorado game?
1: I mean, I only got a feel from the game just from highlights, but it was really interesting to see it as a one-score game without Shiloh and Hunter, especially with how poorly um, Colorado's defense played. But I also don't know from the – high, you don't really get a gist of how the game was going. Um, it looked to me like USC's defense wasn't even trying when they were up two or three scores. It, the touchdown seemed really weak. But then again, uh, Shador did make some crazy insane throws that got caught and – um that that one play on fourth and five was insane. Um, it was like Patrick Mahomes basically, and yeah, I don't know. The defense was just terrible in this game. I don't, I don't understand how it became a one-score game, but yeah, like Mawson said, it, it didn't really feel like it didn't really feel like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree that that rollout right on the goal line, fourth and five, was Mahomes-esque. Uh, it looked like it was yeah, right from the Mahomes playbook. Um, I don't think Shiloh. And Travis Hunter would make too much of a difference, and that's, in this game, um, obviously both great players. But I think what it is, it, it just comes down to Caleb Williams. He showed you why he's a Heisman winner. Just the amount of poise he had. Um, again, Mahomes-esque, where he's he's looking downfield the entire play. Uh, his line mostly ate up Colorado's line for, for much of the day, so he had time to, to process. But uh, he manipulated the pocket he would roll out, and, uh, you know, after six, seven seconds, even, even Travis Hunter is going to break down. He's not going to be able to stick with a, with a wide receiver for that long. Uh, and you saw those, you know, unscripted plays turn into 60, 70 yard touchdowns time and time again, uh, on Saturday. So, um, would could, they, would they help? Absolutely. I don't think it would have made the difference. So
0: it could be a good point though. Like, is it, uh, is that kind of more the model of the quarterback you want now, um, I still think that teams get caught up in thinking in trying, trying to get their Patrick Mahomes when there's only one. Yeah, you know they don't I mean? grow on trees. But I mean, but but is there a second one? You know what I mean? And is is that the possibility? I I don't know. But again, let's keep in mind. I don't know, man. I still believe in in culture. You know, like Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, they were. They were like the outliers. Like usually, drafting a guy first overall, like things don't things don't start well, and a lot of times they don't end well for those first overall picks. Keep in mind, Mahomes was what tenth overall, twelfth overall, and he shot up the draft board too. Like but, he was, yeah. he was
2: probably a late first.
0: Um, so I don't know, man. I just like all these expectations on Williams, consensus number one for a year and a half, basically. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, like I, I just think that when it comes to quarterbacks these days. I mean we're watching it right now like the Giants the Giants gave Daniel Jones 44 million dollars right? obviously a mistake um and i and I hate to say it because I, I like Purdy I like the 49ers like they need they need to figure that out because like do not give Brock Purdy 40 million dollars.
2: What uh, would like, you give Brock Purdy like 25
0: I can't like I can't really tell you I'm telling you like they need to readjust this quarterback market. And so somebody's got to do it. Somebody's going to have to take that first step, right? Because everybody did it, I mean, after the Deshaun Watson stuff, right? They, like, we always always say it's a foregone conclusion that the numbers are just going to keep going up, going up, going up, right? Well, they didn't go up after Deshaun Watson, and they didn't go to fully guaranteed after Deshaun Watson, so it doesn't have to. And so, yeah, Brock Purdy, I don't know, yeah, maybe he's in that 20, 25 range, I don't know. But basically, the whole point is a guy like that, you surround him with talent and you can't surround him with talent. If you pay him 45, $50 million. So don't do it. Um, you know, like there's more examples. I mean, Geno Smith, like if he, if he gets a chance, you know, for his extension, you know what I mean? Like is, is he a 25, $30 million guy? Sure. Do not give him 45, 50.
2: Don't do it. Um, Man, those are some bad primetime numbers. One in twelve for Daniel Jones. Forty-eight sacks, twelve touchdowns, eighteen interceptions. Yeah,
0: well, I don't think the sacks are all his fault, but
2: <laughs> yeah, just uh, just just a quick note here. They uh, on the ticker it said uh, he's been he's one of three quarter Daniel Jones is one of three quarterbacks to be pressured at least ten times in all four games. That that's brutal.
0: And and again, like that, some of that does go on the quarterback too, because like they, you know, they make the adjustments at the line and things like that. But um, but I don't think that Giants line is is great. <laughs> and uh, you know, I keep I keep railing on Evan Neal too. Um, I don't think he's as as lazy as Jawan Taylor, but man, he's got mobility issues. I'll say that much. Um, anyway, we were talking. Sorry, we, we went down a rabbit hole. We were talking Colorado, and I did want to come back to this because you know let's let's add, let's end the sports stuff on a positive note. Uh, I I think uh you know most of the sports world's at least aware of it but Travis Hunter and uh Henry Blackburn if you, if you've already forgotten his name he was the safety with the with the dirty hit on Hunter just a couple weeks ago um that put Hunter in the hospital and um I don't know what like what were your guys thoughts on so these these two these two are shaking hands dabbing each other up and uh going bowling only a couple weeks after apparently they buried the hatchet everything's cool uh, what do you think
2: yeah, so I I mean, obviously, Travis Hunter came out with that statement being like, chill, <laughs> everyone chill, like, it's football. I love that, too. Oh, man. It, well,
0: Right there, right? It's like he was doing what he was supposed to do. And I would even say that's debatable. I mean, it was a late hit, right? It was but, a
2: late hit. But we've talked about, uh, you know, being physical with Travis Hunter and having him not play 150 snaps because you're gonna you're gonna block him when the ball is not coming his way, you know, things like that. So we talked about that. Obviously, he took it a little bit too far, uh, and then everyone else took it too far by giving <laughs> a college kid death threats over something that <laughs> happened in a football game, which is just absolutely insane. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's cool to see these two following up. You know, Travis Hunter and and Blackburn following up on those statements. It's not just like, hey, I'm gonna put this statement out here and then we're done. Like to see them actually get together and you know hanging out and and playing some ball like. Playing bowling, or, or? <laughs> and apparently
0: Travis Hunter's a good bowler too. He was. Oh, yeah, really? He was well, going mean, to be the next Mookie bets Oh, I don't know, man. But I just saw like he curved it once, and like it wasn't a strike, but it was like you know it, it was it had that pretty curve on it. You know what I mean? It okay. was a quick clip, whatever. And you know, and so anyway, to that point, you like you you mentioned, like yeah, the cameras are there, and so you always question like how genuine is this? But we both kind of felt like yeah, this you know this yeah with, legit.
2: with Travis Hunter with the with the statement, and then that I don't see how it's. I think it's sincere.
0: I mean, why do it unless you were trying to say, Hey, let's move past this. You know, Um, uh, Jake, did you see that?
1: Yeah, I saw it. And I'm kind of on the same side of you guys. I really like it. Um, Defending him in public and in the media isn't really enough. It's still going to be remembered for just a dirty hit. And this kind of humanizes him more. He's a college kid, just like Travis Hunter. And, you know, Travis Hunter is going to go on and be a big name forever. Nobody's really going to remember Blackburn. And, I think it's a really classy move by Hunter connecting with them. And the video was cool to watch.
0: And, uh, so the other one, you know, to that point, um, after the Notre Dame game, like heartbreaking loss for Duke, I I didn't realize, uh, you know, I've I've been I've been tough on Hartman all year, right? And uh I'll give him some credit. Like I don't think he's a great quarterback and he almost threw a pick on that game winning drive. Should have been a pick.
2: Yeah, third and sixteen uh, or whatever it was. Yeah,
0: it should have been a pick. And um but I'll tell you what, he is a football player. I mean, like
2: that and then yeah, to follow it up on fourth and sixteen where he, he's hugging the the yeah. line of scrimmage and he, he stops for a second. He's like, I don't want to run. And then he runs. And then he runs the and, and,
0: and he and he and he didn't slide and he just he went for it and so I respect that but what I respect more is uh Hartman like kind of in an awkward situation in uh in Duke's you know on on Duke's home turf waiting cuz Riley Leonard uh, I don't know if he broke his leg or or you know b- badly sprained ankle or what happened but on uh, basically the final play of the game um you know suffered a bad lower leg injury anyway and Hartman waited for him while Riley was in the uh was in the injury tent and I just I thought that was cool too I mean especially like in a a I don't know if it was an unfriendly environment, uh, you know, but um, but it just kind of awkward to be the only guy in a Duke or excuse me, in a Notre Dame uniform standing there um, just to, you know, just to shake his counterpart's hand and, you know, just see if he was all right and um, give him some love. I I love that because uh, I, I I love watching players hate each other between the whistles, but I also love watching them, you know, respect each other after the fact. That's how it should be. You know what I mean? It's just like. I don't know if it's something that comes from, you know, from fighting and everything too, uh, you know, you know, wrestling. It's like the handshakes and everything like that are supposed to mean something. It's, just, it's like, I respect you for entering this, uh, you know, not to be dramatic, but like this, entering this battle with me, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like the, the, the handshake should mean something, you know? So like, as much as I hate the, you know, like in the NBA, like a lot of times they're buddy, buddy, you know what I mean? And you know, like I, I don't really want to see it, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, like no, this is a competition, you know. I know I just said about Miggy making it fun and everything like that, so I'm kind of inconsistent. But baseball is a different different animal to a certain degree too. But in a violent sport like football or something like that, like I, I don't know, it's just it's just cool to see it afterwards. So like, uh, so I give uh, Hunter and Blackburn and and Hartman, uh, you know, some credit on on that front.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, two North Carolina quarterbacks, obviously uh, Hartman transferred from from wake i, I think they have played each other in the acc before and i think they've i think they're friends uh so obviously tough to see him go down a fumble on that last play it looked pretty bad like you said he came out from the medical tent in crutches so uh you know hopefully he's not out too long because duke's been having a a really good run
0: yeah it'd suck. i mean duke should still be in the top 25 right I yeah mean, so. yeah they lost to notre
2: dame's top 10 right so uh, i mean or they were 11 after they lost to, to ohio state so yeah they, they should they should definitely still be in the top 25 i think
0: i'd say um but anyway uh so that's that's it for the uh you know the sports only section of the show but as always we like to go to our uh History and holidays, every day is a holiday, every day is an important day in history, so we like to recap that, show you what well-rounded individuals we are. We got a college boy with us here tonight, so he's going he's gonna to offer his, his two cents on everything. Um, so uh, tonight is the anniversary, let's see, 1965, so the 58th anniversary of Gatorade being invented. Which happened in Gainesville, Florida, is you know for all, those of us don't don't know the the story of Gatorade, right? But uh, made uh, in the
2: science lab of the University of Florida.
0: Yeah, so I mean, very very important to put sugar into water, and
2: <laughs> especially when it's very humid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, so like there was a, there was a game a long time ago when the Eagles played down against Dallas, and they gave them all pickle juice instead. Yeah, no this pickle is juice like, is really really yeah. good. The Eagles ran for 300 yards that day. That was like the Deuce Staley days. So it was good times. The uh, uh,
2: what's your favorite Gatorade? I was just gonna ask.
0: Uh, uh, let's see. I is it still around? It's like um, it was one of the fusion ones. Like it was like two different flavors infused together, and it was like dark red. I, I don't know. Like so, like it wasn't Berry Blast. I know Berry Blast is something. Different. I don't know.
2: What's yours? I'll take anything out of that like squeeze bottle. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's true. Oh. It just tastes so much Does better.
0: Was that like a? It's like a sport bottle, sport water bottle. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. For 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 your active lifestyle
2: on the go, right?
0: Um, oh, Jake, favorite Gatorade.
1: Glacier cherry.
0: I, I do like me some yeah, glacier cherry, one. even though it's white and it looks.
2: It
1: looks, looks weird. It, yeah. lo-
0: it looks a little weird. Suspect. Had yeah. but-
2: <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: to do that to me. Wow.
2: <laughs>
0: Well, I said I like glacier cherry
2: too. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're all in agreement here. It's
0: 2023, dude. I'm not judging. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, it just looks weird. That's all. All right. <laughs> October three. Um,
1: yeah. I should get... have said cucumber lime. Oh, th-
2: I'm out on that one. Cucumber lime. No thanks. Actually,
0: no, it's not bad. It's got like a fresh, you know, like a, like yeah. a, I don't know, fresh springy taste or something. Like, I don't know. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know, honestly. Any, I mean, it's it's sugar water, man. Whatever, yeah. you know. It's, it's gonna buy. Oh, X Factor. That's what it was. It was one of yes, the. It was yes, the red. Yes, yes, yes. It was the red X Factor. That's the one I like. That was my favorite. Turn your teeth red for like a day, though. <laughs> um, all right, here's one you guys won't understand. Uh, 1995. Uh, so that we're, we're on to tomorrow. Sorry, October 3rd, but 1995. O.J. Simpson acquitted. Um, of course I understand it, that. I said,
2: wait, no, you don't. I've you, watched the OJ documentaries. Come on now.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah, you, you fully understand. Like, I mean, people, you know what? People that lived in the 70s, though, would say, I don't understand because it was, you know, because <laughs> people that actually watched him play. I didn't watch him play. The first thing I knew about OJ, he was an analyst on CBS. Or, the first or, thing
2: I knew about OJ Simpson is that he was allegedly a murderer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, he No, not allegedly. He was acquitted. So, he was not a murderer. Uh, yeah, but no, by the time by the time you were born, he was already acquitted and innocent, proven innocent. Because if it don't fit, you must acquit. Exactly. And uh if you guys don't know who Johnny Cochran, I don't know, go go watch the, the O J Simpson um Jake, do you do, Oh, dude, how do we not talk about this? Like Jimmy Butler looks like Terry Crews playing Jimmy Butler or like but in a wig. I like, he, he
2: did a weird uh media day uh haircut last year too. I think that's this is just his new thing. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, well,
0: no, doesn't he look like Terry Crews right now? And the like that's what I I'm I'm getting Terry I can Crews. See it. Right. I can see it. Yeah. Like not quite as jacked, but Uh whatever, man. Again, guys, j- athletes having fun, it's good. It's good. Um Jake, did you see, have you seen Jimmy Butler's uh, haircut for the media day?
1: Yeah, I wasn't too impressed. I think <laughs> I think that's in a lot of trouble, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm a Jimmy Butler hater now. I am. How can you how can you hate Jimmy Butler? Come on, man. He didn't he didn't want to touch the Eastern Conference Finals trophy, and look how that worked out. Oh, I don't even know.
0: I mean I I I don't hold grudges so I don't know what you're talking about but
1: <laughs> Oh right.
0: <laughs> I am a uh I'm a, a what's the word of forgiveness I don't know. I'm run I I've run out of words. It's,
2: you're a beacon like, of forgiveness. Like, Does that sound about right? Dude, when the internet
0: was like out everywhere in town today I, like I was uh, holy shit it's the South Park episode. <laughs> I was like we're we're going to have to go out California way and find some <laughs> Anyway, um, oh yeah, 1997, Gordie Howe played in a. So, Gordie Howe's professional hockey career started in 1946. He played in a professional hockey game in the International Hockey League in 1997.
2: In case you're not good at math, that's 51 years it's apart. It's
0: 51 years apart. Now, Gordy Howe's real playing career was almost as impressive. He played until 1980, and he legitimately he played legitimate minutes. I don't know what it was like in the IHL. 34 years. Is he? Uh, yeah. So, just a shade past World War II, <laughs> to to the Jimmy no to the Reagan administration. So yeah, um, that was that was Gordy Howe's career. Uh, but yeah, basically, playing in that 1997, uh, he played multiple games in that 1997 season, so he played in se- six different decades.
2: <laughs> just insane. Um,
0: I don't know. I just, like, I, I just can't imagine what that guy is. Uh, Gordie Howe passed away 2016. I can't imagine what his... Uh, I don't know his regimen was. It was probably nothing. Like it was probably like probably a lot of pickle juice. I was, uh, I was gonna say probably like a lot of school or so. He probably like didn't do anything healthy at all. He probably <laughs> yeah. ate, a, ate a steak every night and shot a whiskey before bed. Smoked Marlboros. Well, yeah, something. I don't know, but just just a real man, you know. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I guess on the flip side uh october 3 is also mean girls day so i i didn't get it when you told me yeah it's october 3rd like i love that movie (laughs) i don't don't even care it's a great movie and i didn't get it i was like why is it mean girls day Uh, because because uh the the boy she likes like ask her what the date is it's it's october 3rd so so everybody happy mean girls day um i just made a mean girls meme so it's like by the way my memes are going unappreciated please like, comment, share something. I don't know. Spread them around. That's the point of them. People don't. I. I, re, I realize people don't understand social media as well as me, and that's not something I'm proud of. But please spread them around so the sellout sports brand gets out there. That's why I put that stupid watermark on them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, October fourth. Uh, 1957, Sputnik was launched. It's just uh, so I, I kind of made a shout out to this uh, to Sandbox News articles before, but um, but that's really like where the space race started. And uh, well, I can't say that's where it started. It started with bringing a bunch of Nazi scientists over, <laughs> but Operation Paperclip. Good, good thing to look into. Um, but anyway, so 1957, though the Soviets launched Sputnik and uh, and they were winning the space race, and it's like s- something that a lot of people don't doesn't really occur to a lot of people. So uh, anyway, my good, our good friend Alex Hollings, um, you know our, our editor for Sandbox News. He he has, uh, I think, multiple articles, uh, definitely multiple articles that talk about the space race, but one that mentions Sputnik specifically. So go read that one. Maybe one of these days I'm actually going to post the articles. Like I said, um, I mean that's why we have a social media account, right? True. Also National Taco Day. Um, I mean, who doesn't who doesn't like tacos? I mean, there's. there's what else? What else need be said?
2: Yeah, it's sad that it's falling on. A, what's that? It's October fourth. Yeah, it's it's falling on a Wednesday. It, it'll, it would only feel right for it to be a Tuesday. That just but doesn't make sense. You know what? We'll we'll try again next year. That's a that's just a cosmic
0: misalignment.
2: Yeah. Now we have tacos back to back night. Yeah, it's just an excuse. I like
0: that. I guess you could do like chicken tacos and beef tacos yeah, the next night or Yeah, some brisket
2: tacos something. or something. Yeah, uh, I guess. I guess whatever you know we'll, we'll make, never have too many tacos yeah you
0: gotta we'll we'll improvise it'll be okay october 4th improve your office day um so our surroundings here you know like i mean i think we have we have everything we need here it's fine you know like yeah. i guess the only thing is I, I wish we had multiple tvs i was about
2: to say you don't want a second tv or yeah, something
0: like i think we, like we it would be nice to have a command center kind of set up um we do need we do need Jake like on screen. I think yeah. I think that you know um, or or whichever guest we have with us. Um, I mean, we we do need to bring in the video equipment. I mean, we're going to YouTube. It's going to happen. Um, I don't know how much it's actually going to help the experience. And plus, like, we can't be in our pajamas. Anymore, we're supposed so to be. Like... We're
2: supposed to be optimistic here. This <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just trying to be grounded. Stop thinking I, out loud. I'm trying to yeah. I'm trying to be like a you know uh, a relatable person here.
2: Um, and then uh, October 5th is uh, National Kiss the Wrestler Day So uh, have yourself a day, Tori.
0: Let's see, Thursday? Thursday Oh, that's not going to work Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be here with <laughs> you <laughs> Oh, jeez
2: <laughs> I guess the onus is on so, me uh,
0: Yeah, I it yeah, hope you're ready to celebrate, big guy <laughs> um, All right um, Jake Thanks for being here, buddy um, Good work and, uh, I don't know, you know, what, you got practice tomorrow?
1: Yeah, I'll practice tomorrow, but nothing crazy. Um, thank you guys for having me on again. I can't wait to be back, and hopefully we can get Timmy on too.
0: All right, yeah, we'll get Timmy on sometime soon. And, uh, yeah, so that's our show. Guys, uh, you know, I, I say it every time, but very thankful for everybody that supported us so far tell your friends spread it around. Like I said, share those stupid memes. Actually, I think they're amazing, but I made them. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit biased. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, follow us on all the socials We're uh, uh well right now, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and yeah, we're on all the major, uh, podcasting platforms, you know, other than the, other than the one you're listening on right now, which is most likely Spotify, but might not be, um, and, yeah, guys, uh, just yeah, thank you again to Cat TV for giving us this podcasting equipment. I don't even know how much it costs, but more than we were willing to invest. <laughs> and uh, that's it. Um, so thanks, guys. It's only going to get better.
2: Thanks, guys. Bye.